Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at it. Chuck Show hanging out in the Kia Studios Monday night with you. 404-741-0929, Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, Atlanta United, big win yesterday. And, uh, listen, they like to live on the edge, uh, you know, things late and, you know, extra time and all this kind of stuff about, you know. But, listen, at the end of the day, if you get the three points, that's all that really matters. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Felipe Cardenas. He covers soccer for The Athletic. You can follow him on his Twitter page, at Felipe Carr. Felipe, what's going on, man? Appreciate the time here tonight uh, as we talk some Atlanta United. What's up, John? Happy to be back. How are you? Yeah, absolutely great. And, um, you know, I know nobody is ever going to be Joseph Martinez, okay? But... When you look at this team, is Tiago Almada and Yakamakis, could you make a case that those are two of the best goal scorers that they've had? Take away Joseph, but just their ability to put the ball in the back of the net, it seems like we haven't had as many of those guys outside of Joseph who was so prolific at it, but these two guys are outstanding as far as putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, Almada and Yakimakis have been, I mean, obviously they've come in and, and immediately shown their quality in MLS. You know, you can start with Thiago Almada. He comes off the World Cup win. He was part of that team. Just an incredible experience for him. And I think it just gave him a ton of confidence and momentum to come into a league where I think he felt like he was the, one of the top players here. And he's proven that, you know, very different player from even uh, Miguel Almiron, who was sort of playing in a similar position that he did at times when he was here in Atlanta United, but two very different players. Uh, and Thiago just has, you know, he ha- he does have an ability to find the net. You know, he is he's an attacking number 10 that always has an eye for goal, and he can really smack the ball from distance. And obviously he can he's a creative playmaker as well. So all he needed truly, and I think just the front line needed that focal point because they weren't getting it with Joseph. I, I, you know, that's been one of the things that I – have analyzed exhaustively over the last two years that the team, that the current crop of players never meshed with Joseph Martinez. And some of that was on Joseph. Some of it was coach coaching. Some of it was just the talent around him. Didn't really understand how to play with that type of striker. But Yakimakis is proving that a more traditional, uh, literally like a post up back to goal striker that's also very aggressive in the box is going to be very effective. And so I think both 
I know you said remove Joseph, but even these two, Yakamakis and Almada, they're going to be remembered, and they're going to. I think especially Almada is going to likely leave in the summer, so he'll be his memory will last a bit, uh, not as much as Yakamakis, who has a long-term contract. But you know, they still have a ways to go to become what Miguel Almiron and Joseph were for the club. But surely it's working out. Yakamakis, especially, you know, as soon as he came in, I felt this guy is going to get his goals, and he scored five goals and five starts. So I was going to ask you that, um, you know, if you think one or both of these guys, you know, makes it through the season, you know, again, Almada, you think he's going to get called up in the summertime? And, you know, is Yakamakis, you know, a year or two away from that as well? I mean, what do you think the future is long term for these two players? It's a good question and one I'm, I'm happy to discuss because it was really the, one of the big focal points for my uh, big interview with Garth Lagerwey, the new CEO. It's on The Athletic I, that was uh, published last month, so go find it. And, you know, Garth Lagerwey told me he really did break down the roster strategy that he's going to implement in at Atlanta United. And Yakimakis and Tiago Mata, I think, really do encompass, like, two parts of that strategy. One you know, Atlanta United and MLS in general since 2018 has really gone after the young player, the young South American player that that, that has a lot of upsell upsell value. Uh, there's even an, an under 22 initiative to to incentivize teams to go get those players. You know, the the league gives them gives teams more funds and more cash to do that. But a lot of those players come here and they're unproven. They have a lot of talent and a lot of potential but they're unproven and Tiago Mata is you know sort of broke out of that mold because he came he came to the league very young and immediately was able to contribute but that's not that hasn't been the case over the last four years and so Lagerway looks at that as yes you know he those players are going to be part of the future of Atlanta United but he really sees a player like Yakimakis as the, the really the un, an underpinning type of signing that can really justify his strategy. He likes players that are more experienced, that are proven, and the way he told me that just have more data to them. And Yakimakis, he's going to be here long term. I think this is a player that had his career in Europe, was was successful in in, in the Netherlands, had had some good seasons for Celtic and Scotland, and I think he came to this league thinking like, hey, I can I can do the same thing here. You know, he's not looking to get back to Europe anytime soon. So I expect him to be here through his contract, which is probably five years. And then Almada is just, you know, he's already linked to the the the, the next Italian league champions, which is Napoli. They're going to be crowned probably next weekend. And I think you're going to see more teams being linked to Almada. Um, and it's going to be really hard for Atlanta United to keep him through the summer because if the player wants to go, and I really do think he's ready to go to Europe, uh, and and the offer is is one that Atlanta United feels justifies his value, which I think is going to be beyond thirty million dollars. Then it's going to be very very hard to keep him through the summer, and that's going to change everything for Atlanta United. Felipe Cardenas joins us on the WaitFor.com hotline, soccer writer for the Athletic. As we talk about uh, Atlanta United's victory yesterday over the Chicago Fire, is it too early to tell? Do you notice any? differences in the philosophy or vision between Garth Lagerway and Darren Eels? Is it, is it too early to tell what they may be, or are, are there some things that you're picking up on? 
Well, yeah, I think it, it could be a bit early, but just again, from my extensive conversation with, with Garth Lagerwey, I realized that he, first of all, he has more responsibility than, Gar- than Darren Eels had. You know, he is a CEO. Uh, Darren Eels, you know, that title wasn't, wasn't created for Darren Eels. Darren Eels was a president that had a lot of responsibility. I think he was the right person at the right time, but they have very different, I think, strategies for building a business. Um, for upgrading the the roster, for building the roster long term, you know, Darren Eels was one of those uh, front office executives that was very willing to go and spend that money and take those chances on the players that I mentioned before, the young players that perhaps were unproven, or the high profile, big name coach and big name player that was going to make headlines but may not necessarily be the right fit for the team. You know, we saw a lot of those players and coaches come through during Darren Eel's tenure. And I think Garth Lagerwey, that's something that he wants to curtail. And he wants, again, you know, data, data analytics and just really knowing what you're going to get, even though you really never do in sports, but really no limiting risk is something that he said to me very often, Garth Lagerwey. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's not going for championships and looking to build the best team. But I think longevity uh, is very much that's where I would draw the line between the two because I think where Atlanta United was with Darren Eels is very much like let's win, let's win now, let's let's make headlines, let's let's become this big brand right out of the gate, and and then you saw what can happen when when things go south. And so Garth Lagerwey, I think that's the one thing that he will look to uh, avoid uh, long term and establish a team that every single season is j- simply a contender, and from there you can start building championships. Felipe, we saw Quentin Westberg get subbed off to start the second half. Um, Yakamakis, you know, had to be subbed off early uh, in the second half after, I guess, what, tweaking his hamstring or what have you. So where does that sort of leave us when Lenny United is just going to turn right back around on Wednesday and play in this U.S. Open Cup? Is this just kind of getting guys, you know, a little bit of time off? Is it legitimate injuries? I mean, where are we kind of with this roster as we head into a match on Wednesday? Yeah, it's 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 a concern. You know, I was getting DMs from from sources, and you know, some of them are scouts around the league, and, and you know, everyone sort of discusses what happens around the league. And one of the questions I was getting over the last few days is like, what's up with the injuries at Atlanta United again? You know, it seems to be something that from the outside people just pick up on right away. Another goalkeeper goes down, another muscle muscle injury which has really plagued the roster over the last few years. And so uh, is it the turf? Is it the fitness uh, regimen? Is it the way that they train? You know, I think there's a lot of factors, but clearly it's an issue. Um, And you you mentioned Westbury, the goalkeeper, you know, comes out with with what is described as a leg injury. uh, And Yakimaki's previously, you know, I was surprised that he started, um, you know, coming off the hamstring injury, from a few weeks ago, and and I would be shocked if Yakimakis plays on Wednesday in a U.S. Open Cup match against Memphis, uh, a team that will be very much um, outmanned and, and, and shouldn't have much of a shot to beat Atlanta United. It is a cup match, and things crazy things happen, but I think Pineda would, would not risk his, his, his designated player star striker against in that match. And Thiago Mata also came off on Saturday or on Sunday yesterday at the 68th minute. And he too was coming off a, a bit of a tweak. Like I think from what I remember against um, New York city, a couple of weeks ago, 
it looked like a bit of an ankle for Tiago. So maybe that's another concern, just saving him for, it might be for the weekend and not so much for the midweek game in the cup, but the, the injury injuries, I think is just like, I, I think there's a lot of PTSD with, with that line of United fans. When we come up with, when we start discussing injuries, we're not there yet, but it's always a concern with the way that this team plays their aggressive sort of style that they play uh, the turf that they play on um, and then just bad luck. But I think Pineda, Gonzalo Pineda was, was certainly trying to save some guys. He didn't start Caleb Wiley either. So I think he's starting to see that now we're getting into the season where there's going to be multiple games a week and the summer is going to be even more busy. Felipe, last question for you. So if, if not all injuries are created equal, is there a trend that, I mean, it, it does seem like it is a combination of bad luck. I mean, the, the Guzan injury was, eh, you know, it was, you know, they're, they're I, I don't know. I don't want to say dirty play or anything like that, but I mean, just yeah. not all injuries are created equal, but do you think that there's a trend with either how they train or I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it does seem <laughs> like that there is a, you know, a, uh, certainly a plethora of injuries that this team suffers, but do, do you think that there's anything to pinpoint to or just that just kind of is what it is? It, it's difficult to say. I, I will say for Brad Guzan, his latest injury than the MCL tear, you know, I just think it's, it's, it unfortunately comes with the job description of, of a goalkeeper. You know, that was a bang-bang play where it could have gone either way. The, you know, the striker could have left his leg down and just sort of given up on the play or he goes for that last-ditch toe poke just to get the goal and the goalkeeper is coming out to get the ball. He'll take the player with him if he has to. And so just really unfortunate for Brad Guzan, but I don't think that really aligns with the, the bigger picture here about the trend in, in injuries. And this is something that Atlanta United is very, very well aware of. They addressed it in the preseason. They addressed it at the end of last season, Gonzalo Pineda being very public with the way that the, the club and his staff uh, monitor sports science and the training, the minutes, that, you know, there's tons of data that they go off of, and they're they're trying to manage players' load, uh, doing the load management throughout the week, uh, and, and really paying attention to to the numbers and, and the data that they see. So, you know, he 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 sort of shrugged off the, the notion that this was turf related and uh, that it was anything to do with training because he even mentioned that that he looked at the training, the way they were training, and how hard they're training. So. You know, I think it's it's certainly something that Atlanta United is aware of and that they're they're very conscious of and they want to do better with and they want to make sure the players are healthier. But uh, it does seem to just consistently present itself. And that, again, that's something that happens in in soccer. There are other MLS teams that are dealing with injuries as well. Probably some that are worse than Atlanta's. But because Atlanta seems to not be able to get out of its own way uh, in in sort of the medical department. Uh, it, it, it has become an issue, but uh, I can't say what it is other than what uh, my, what my perception is. And I think it just is a combination of all those things, including just, you know, bad luck and some players that perhaps, you know, Westberg, a player that hasn't played, he's not a starter, hasn't been a starter for over a few seasons now when you left Toronto and then you throw them, hit, throw him into a match and throw him into training before the game. And, you know, your body, if it's not ready for it, is going to pay. And that could be what happened there. So it is a combination of factors, no doubt. Theathletic.com is where you can check out all of his work. He joined me on the waitfor.com hotline on Twitter, at Felipe Carr. Felipe, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes uh, here tonight uh, 
Always a good conversation with you, so thank you so much. Anytime, John. You have my number. You got it. When we get back from the top of the hour, it will be a Falcons flyover. Hey, listen. You hear that? It's my one and only mock draft, my yearly annual mock draft for the Atlanta Falcons. I'll break it all down next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, and the Odyssey.com app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.